But first, a little disclaimer. We are prefacing a lot of the appeal of this podcast on the fact that we're prosecutors. However, we need you to understand we are not doing this podcast in our professional capacity as prosecutors. We're doing this as people, after hours, on our own time, with our own equipment. Now, we know a lot about the law by virtue of what we do, uh, but we're also just interested in true crime. So our opinions and commentary in this podcast are not the opinions of our office or our employer. They are not our professional opinions, and nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice or anything other than three friends blowing off some steam together. So with that in mind, don't try this at home. You know what it is. This is Joe. And Cheryl. And I'm Ray. And this is No True Bill. On this episode of No True Bill, we're going to hear a depressing story, courtesy of our former intern. Thanks, Elijah. All right. We are back. We are back for another episode of No True Bill. And this one, by popular demand, will be done by Cheryl because she does them best. And... Uh, I know very, very little about this case other than where it's from and how we heard about it. Uh, Cheryl, tell them how you found out about this case. This is our first listener suggested mm-hmm. case mm-hmm. for one of us to take a look at. Uh, it came from our intern, Elijah. Mm-hmm. Uh, intern Elijah is no longer intern Elijah. He's just Elijah now. Mm-hmm. But uh, he got a hold of our podcast, listened to it, and was like, hey, there's this really awful yet interesting case. Uh, I I think it'd be something you guys would be good at looking into and summarizing for the people. So that's what we did. And it is uh, a much newer case than some of the other cases we've talked about. Extra fresh. Extra fresh. Uh, not a lot out there about it. Uh, no 48 hours episodes. None. No 60 minutes. Um. There are unsolved mysteries. Yeah, no nope. unsolved mysteries. <clears throat> it's pretty, pretty damn solved, I think. Uh, but it is a, an awful yet interesting case, just as uh, advertised, and mostly looking at local news articles, local um, coverage, both in written articles and in uh, snippets on the news that I could find clips of. Um. Also, the appeal from the case is very informative. Um, so that's that's where it's from and mm. the sources I generally had to uh, to look into it. I didn't mm. go to the steps on calling <clears throat> anybody, asking no. for transcripts because we'd have to pay for them. Mm. But perhaps later, uh, if we do start a subscription service or a Patreon or something where we give bonus Content. Uh, content mm-hmm. to folks. Or we get sponsored well, by energy drinks. Exactly. Or if we get sponsored by energy drinks or, or footwear. Or, oh, yeah, or sandals. Whatever. What, what, yeah, you know. uh, <laughs> we'll be able to expend some cash to do extra stuff like that. Otherwise, we broke. <laughs> yeah. We just doing the best we can. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Well, I mean, that I'm excited. Yeah, I don't yeah, know about that. What, what, what uh, it will, and I already know the answer to this question. Always know to answer to your questions before you ask them. 
Where are we talking about, Cheryl? So <clears throat> this happened in Lawrence County, Ohio, which is uh, right at the southern tip of Ohio that borders on West Virginia and Kentucky. Okay. Um, down there in Lawrence County, a small rural unincorporated town is where these folks live. It is called Pedro, hmm. spelled Pedro, P-E-D-R-O, but, but pronounced, pronounced Pedro. Pedro, hi. Yes, hmm. uh, right outside of Ironton. Another smaller town. Yeah. Rivertown, Ironton. So uh, we have Todd and Stacy Holston. Todd's 29, Stacy's 24. They live in a house trailer along State Route 93 with their two kids, uh, Devin, who is eight, and Braxton, who is two. Oh, that's a cute name. Um, they had been together for quite a while, like a decade or so, but they had just gotten married in May of 2017. Um, Todd does electrical work. Um, he works in Maysville, Kentucky, actually, which is about an hour and a half drive to there from Pedro. God bless him. Um, at this time, I believe Stacy is a stay at home mom. So she's doing that hard work of making sure those kids are taken care of and where they need to be. Um, very close to them. Uh, I've seen it stated as less than a half a mile or even um, a little less than a quarter of a mile from them live Stacy's mom and stepdad, Tammy and Don McGuire. Uh, and right next door to them lives Tammy's sister, Carolyn Taylor and her husband. And also living with Carolyn and her husband is Carolyn's son. Um, we need to talk about the pronunciation of this name. Please. Um, his name is Aaron. It's spelled A-R-R-O-N. Okay. He's 23. Uh, however, although his mother apparently had meant to name him Aaron, like A-A-Ron. A-A-Ron. She named him Aaron. And that is his preferred pronunciation of the name. Just to absolutely Aaron. troll his mother, like, you screwed this up so bad, I'm going to embrace it. Aaron. Aaron. Uh, now... Other people I've heard pronounce it Aaron. Um, you done messed up, right? Aaron, Aaron. Yeah. I, um. <laughs> so I, I'm. I don't. Whether you want to call him Aaron or whether you want to call him Aaron, um, that's who he is. He lived with his mama and her husband. Okay. Uh, and he's 23. <clears throat> so they're a very tight knit family. Very close. Uh, Tammy and Carolyn, by all accounts, had a pretty difficult childhood. Throughout all that, they had each other. Carolyn describes Tammy as her best friend. Likewise, the Holstons were really close with Aaron. Uh, his last name is Lawson. So maybe I'll call him Lawson. There we yeah, go. That would be better. That's what we're going to call him Lawson. Um, so he frequently visits with them, has dinner with them. He'll even babysit the kids when Stacy needs to go out and run errands without their, their toddler or so that Todd and Stacy can do things. Um, so really close bunch of people. So um, on October 10th of 2017, uh, when Todd gets home from work, Lawson is at the house and uh, Stacy pretty immediately asks Todd if he'll take him home. And Todd doesn't really think much of that at the time. In retrospect, Todd thinks that he did seem kind of irritated about it. Um, but it wasn't really, no one gave it much thought. Um, so on October 11th, 
2017, which is the next day, Todd gets up for work and as per usual is on the road at around 4.30 in the morning. He drives from Pedro. His truck is also broken down during this time. So there's a lot of communication between him and Stacy about what needs to be done during the day and those kinds of things. Um, But right now he is taking the truck and he's driving from Pedro to meet his boss in Portsmouth or Portsmouth. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Uh, where they carpool to Maysville together. Okay. So Todd clocks into his work site at 6.43 a.m. that morning. Per their usual habits, Stacy would text Todd after she got Devin off to school in the morning uh, to check in with him, make sure he got to work okay, just sort of touch bases with each other. Um, Devin was sent to school on October 11th with a note for him to ride the bus to Todd's parents' house after school that day. Um, He left per usual at around 7.45 in the morning. So Todd never got his usual morning text from Stacy after that and got a bit concerned. Um, He started to try to text and call Stacy. Like I said, it's usual for them to text that time in the morning. It's also not unusual since Stacy's usually home with Braxton all day for them to text during the day on and off about whatever all the things yeah um so he's got nothing from her there's there's also a discussion that the cell service both in this entire area this region generally region generally is not always the best it can be spotty Mm -hmm. so he's concerned but he's trying to be like well maybe the phone's just not working we don't have good service at the house right now um he hears nothing from stacy all day at around 6.30 that evening, um, I'm assuming this is about the time he hits Portsmouth and gets into his own vehicle mm-hmm. and he's free of his boss. He actually calls Tammy and Dawn and asks that Stacy's mom and stepdad. Okay. If they'll go check on Stacy because he hasn't been able to get hold of her all day and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tammy jumps in her truck and drives over there. She calls Todd uh, back when she gets to the house and she said everything is locked up and quiet. There's no one coming to the door. I don't hear anything. And she asks him if she has his permission to break into his house. And he's like, do that thing. Yes, you do. Do that thing. The answer is always yes. So he actually stays on the phone with Tammy. Uh, Tammy, uh, he describes hearing the noise of Tammy sort of getting in, I guess, presumably. Uh, Then he hears Tammy say the words, oh, my God. Then he hears a loud noise and everything goes quiet and eventually disconnects. Tammy did it. So (laughs) he freaks out. And I'm a bit confused about exactly the order of events in the next part because I've read it reported a couple different ways. Um, While Todd is trying to get a hold of Stacy and he tells Tammy, of course, that he's not been able to get a hold of her. uh, (laughs) Stacy or Tammy also tries to like message Stacy before she leaves the house. Yeah. Hey, I'm coming over to make sure everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, Dawn and Tammy also are corresponding because he wants to know what's going on too. So I don't know whether it's that the communication between Tammy and Dawn had stopped or it's that Todd actually calls Dawn after he hears what he hears with Tammy and the Mm -hmm. phone goes out. But Dawn gets concerned to the point where he is going to that house. Yeah. Um, So he walks. It's like less than a quarter mile. He walks over to the house. 
Uh, Todd at this point is speeding home, getting there as fast as he humanly can. Um, he doesn't hear any Sounds more. Sounds like a horror movie. So he doesn't why, hear why any more Don, from Dawn. Dawn wasn't with Tammy? No. Okay, I was like, why didn't you just go with her? He was so concerned. But they weren't, they were. Apart. Right. At that point, it was just, hey, can you go over and make sure Stacey's okay? And Tammy just okay. got in the truck no, and drove over. No real cause for alarm. Right. True but, alarm at that point. Just right. concern. Yeah. But then when there wasn't any contact with Stacey or Tammy, and I, like I said, some, I think it was reported one place that Todd actually called Don and was like, this crazy shit just happened. Tammy said, oh my God, phone went dead. I don't know what happened. Right. Sounded like some, something is wrong. Right. Wrong, wrong. So Don runs over. Okay. Makes sense. Um, Todd doesn't hear anything more from Don. Todd gets home. Um, when he gets home, throws it in park, runs through the door. He is immediately attacked with a knife. Ah. He is fighting with his attacker and eventually realizes that it's Aaron Lawson. What? Um, now, my, my boy Todd is a big, big man. Strapping mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. weighs like 300 pounds. All right, big fella. Aaron Lawson weighs about a buck 75. Punk. Uh, so while he's got a knife, Todd actually at some point is able to able to overpower him and get this knife off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you done he, messed up, Aaron. Ron. I'm saying. Aaron. He got the knife after off him after he got stuck real good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, he's getting stabbed and he's just fighting this dude for his life. Mm. Um, He realizes at some point that it's Lawson. He describes Lawson as looking crazed and possessed. He starts to yell at him when he figures out that it's him. Things like, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Where is Stacy? Um, As Lawson is losing this fight to Todd, uh, he manages to say two random things before Todd can shove him out of this house, which is they're in the bedroom and they're fine. And he says something about there haven't been burglaries in the area. And I thought you was one of them. Uh, uh, sure. Run that second one by me one more game. There's been some burglaries in the area and I thought you was one of them. This is his house, correct? This is Todd's house. Yes. Yeah. So he is returning to his, his residence. His own and this home. dude's like, I thought you was about to burglarize your own damn house. Yeah, I thought you was That's a burglar. That's why I had to stab you. I thought you was a burglar. Yes. Oh, okay, sure. Now, uh, also, I, mean, I got I don't a feeling know, whoever's in that other room is not probably, okay. Yeah, I don't think they're among the living. Golly. Uh, do you, is this like a residential trailer park sort of thing? Like, No, it's not. It's on a little piece of property. Oh, okay. Uh, so. It's got a pretty nice little driveway from the State Route 93. Um, but yeah, just a nice little piece okay. of property. I didn't, just I didn't know if it was like, trailer. you know, essentially like a trailer park for lack of a better phrase, very small lots. And this dude just, and as soon as he opens up the front door, neighbor's airway, he just starts no. stabbing him. So this is a little bit remote. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, it's, right. it's a very rural, rural area. Um, Tammy and Don's house and Carolyn and her husband's house are only separated by like a really big garage. Oh, okay. Um, so while their houses are like quarter of a mile away, they're pretty close to each other. Uh, Todd and Stacy's joint is on its own little piece of property. Um, so Todd manages to shove this dude out the door, shut the door, get it as locked as it'll get. Um, he runs back the hallway. Keep in mind, this dude has been attacked with a knife. He has been stabbed. Yeah. 
Um, he first goes into the main bedroom because I guess when Lawson says bedroom, that's what he thinks of. Mm-hmm. In the main bedroom, he finds Braxton on the bed unharmed. All right. I was worried about that. Thank you. Uh, he then looks into Devin's bedroom and he sees Dawn's body. He sort of sees Stacy's body. And then he finds Tammy's body in the laundry area. Uh, he's freaked out. He's bleeding. He actually jumps back in his vehicle and drives Braxton over to Tammy and Don's house where he uses another family member's phone to call for help. I never understood why he didn't call 911 from the house. Yeah. Or Well, and if he doesn't know Lawson is coming back or what, probably. Um, so I don't know whether it was he just like a to wanting to get that kid out mm-hmm. of that environment or what it was um or whether maybe since he'd been on his phone all day trying to get a hold of stacy maybe it had died by that point i really don't know um but he does take braxton drives over to another family member's house and calls 911 so todd when uh ems and the police respond todd actually has to be life flighted by helicopter to huntington where he is treated for 11 stab wounds. Damn. Um, the worst of which are on his temple mm. uh, and one in the back of his neck looks particularly heinous. He also, of course, has several on his arms because he's fighting the dude. He got stabbed in the damn head yeah. wow. and the back of the neck, yeah. spinal And still, still beast mode this right. dude. Yeah. One, grab that kid and 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 ran away. And, and maybe I missed this detail at the beginning. There were two children, right? The other one went to skew, right? But right. you said this is 6.30 in the p.m.? Yes. So where's the other children? So Devin went off to school with a note that day that he was to go to his grandparents' house after school, Todd's parents. Okay. Um, so they do two things immediately. One is they send out a bolo and they alert to the public to the fact that uh, Lawson is out there and he is wanted. Yeah. Crazed man on the loose. Crazed man on the loose. They also send out an Amber alert for Devin because as it turns out, Devin Devin never makes it to his grandparents' house after Mm. school. Oh, no. And he is unaccounted for. Oh, no. That is about 7.30 in the p.m. Mm. They talk to the school to try to figure out what's going on with Devin. There was a note. They get information that at 9.23 a.m., they got a call from Stacy's cell phone from a man claiming to be Todd who said that Devin's grandfather was either ill or unable to watch Devin after school, after all, so that he was to be sent home. Devin was to be sent home on his regular school bus. I don't like this. So at the scene of the uh, murders, as it turns out, the police find a lot of evidence and it is gory type shit. Lots of blood, um, as I noted, because I freaked out a little bit in the first article I read, said that one of the first pictures the state introduces is a picture of a tongue that they find on the floor of the kitchen. Separated from from the body it was in. Yes. Um, Why? Well, it was not a, an intentional tongue separation, as it turns out. Oh. Uh, let me get into that. So they find a <laughs> shotgun oh. that has a camouflage handle on it. Um, they find, this is just non-body evidence I'm talking about right now. Yeah. They find a black backpack in a spare bedroom that has in it a ski mask, mag light, knives, a tarp, zip ties, toilet paper, a grooming kit, and some non-perishable food items. 
Uh, and then, of course, they find these bodies where Todd had seen the bodies. Uh, they process Tammy's body and scene uh, first in the laundry room area. Turns out the tongue belonged to Tammy. Tammy's tongue. Uh, Tammy, when she is shot with the shotgun at one point, is shot in the neck area, which discharges outward. Um, And that's how that happened. Man. Wow. And she was, Tammy was on the phone with Todd. With Todd. When that probably happened. Probably. Goodness. Um, (sighs) So she has uh, damage to her body that appears to be from the shotgun. Um, Dawn's body is over in one area of Devin's bedroom. They, uh, he also has wounds from shotgun. Mm. Stacy's body is mostly covered with the futon mattress and a blanket in Devin's bedroom. When, uh, and this I'll talk about once I tell you what happens, but, um, people were confused about why this wasn't an immediate discovery, but when they remove Don and Stacy's body from this bedroom, um, and they continue to process it, there's a pile of dirty clothes near and going behind one of the dressers in the bedroom. And under that pile of clothes, they find the body of eight year old Devin Holston. Oh, the eight year old who went to school. Spent the whole day in school. Ugh. So, I, I should also mention at this point that when they uncover Stacy's body, she happens to be nude from the waist down. Hmm. Well, there you have it. So, um... Yikes. Devin's body also has evidence of being shot with a shotgun, as does Stacy's. The eight-year-old? Yes. He ran out of shells when it came to, yeah, to Big right? Todd? Uh, well, in the kitchen, they, they locate in a trash can some shell casings mm-hmm. and a condom. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're yeah doing what you're doing, you got to be safe about it. Well, sure. Um, mm. So they're processing the scene, and the police took some heat because they issued that Amber Alert. Um, people didn't understand why, uh, since this was a trailer, you didn't just know Devin's body was there. Like, why did it take them so long to find this body? Yeah. And it's because people don't understand how complicated it is to process a crime, a crime scene, scene. Yeah. especially when you have a lot of fatalities and you have to measure out where all these bodies are exactly in the room. You have to make sure you're photographing the conditions that they're in. Mm-hmm. In some cases, you have to look at maybe where the body is in relation to how the bullet wounds are. Like, I don't know how, yeah, yeah, I don't know how thoroughly they're processing the scene, but it sounds like it's a process though. Oh yeah, for sure. Even if they're just doing it carelessly, it's still a process. Yeah. You don't just start plucking up corpses and going, Oh, hell with it. You you diagram everything. Like you said, there's measurements, right? Uh, A lot of places, you know, we'll use like a software that you got to put in Mm -hmm. data and yeah. So that if you have to recreate, if there are any questions about where anything was located in this room, right. especially the bodies, yeah. you have to be able to to know with specificity where those things are. And how they were before they've the, been touched. Right. You know, right. Like before this, the, the child's body was found underneath clothing, right? Is that, you know, right. so. And sort of, I don't know if he was underneath Don's body, but Don's body was blocking. Obscured his. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I that's. That makes sense to that, me. That, that it, does make it sense. It could be a delayed actually. discovery. Yeah. 
<sighs> but a lot of people had questions about that. But I, I don't have any questions about that because I know how complicated it is sure. to process a scene like that. And it does take a lot of time. Um, I think conservatively, they estimated it took 40 plus hours Damn. to process that crime scene. Um, so because you're up to you're up to four, four homicides, four homicides and an attempted homicide and right. some sort of some sort of malicious. And your suspect is on loose. Yeah. They had a situation. It was taking a while. There's a lot of people trying to do a lot of different things as yeah. well. And, he left. and you don't have 15 people processing a crime scene. Right, right. You can't contaminate it with that many people. So you got a certain number of folks who were there to do that specific job. Yeah. Which is another reason why it takes so much time. But he left the other kid. Yes. The infant. Un unharmed. Or, right. Two-year-old? Did Two I make that up? Okay. So they they looking for this dude at this point um in the very early morning hours of october the 12th like two or three in the morning um lawson is spotted by police still driving the mcguire's truck so mm. tammy had brought her truck over right when she checked apparently when uh old boy left out he took tammy's truck so uh they give chase lawson ends up uh wrecking the truck and he takes off on foot into um, a really heavily wooded area that also happens to have a lot of old mines and caverns and other various hidey holes on it. And law enforcement shoot him 347 times in the woods, and that's the end of the story in the case, right? Unfortunately not. No. All right. So they lose him. They lose him in this area. They set up perimeters, however. They bring out helicopters. They bring out them dogs, the mm -hmm. whole deal. Now, it's also talked about that Lawson is an avid hunter and outdoorsman. And has, for some reason, been known to have meals ready to eat, like the MREs. Uh -huh. MREs. Mm -hmm. uh, don't know why he into that stuff, but apparently people know he into it. Mm. Dude had non-perishables in the backpack. That's true. Right. Well, and that's the other thing. Um, I, I, will, I will also get to that. Um, in the meantime, when they lose him, neighbors, I, this was probably some of the best uh, interview man on the, the street yeah. type interviews yeah. I watched. They are both shook and ready to shoot this dude on site at the same time. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine, were. yeah. On it, site. On <laughs> site. Lawson on site. <laughs> it, oh. it was a weird mix of things. They were having all the emotions. Oh, I bet. But they were like, I just Let can't believe I just can't believe something like that would happen to his family and in this area. I just I just can't believe something like this. But we have guns here. <laughs> I hope we ain't got to use them. But if we do, <laughs> kill that motherfucker dead. <laughs> kill him so dead. Um, so it was that was great. Now this manhunt goes on. Schools are closed in this area during this time. Yeah. Uh, in the ditched truck. Police find evidence that right after old boy left from stabbing Todd in his head and killing these four people, he went where we would all go. Golden Corral. Walmart. Sheets. Walmart. Oh, I thought it was hungry. We both thought he was hungry, yeah, apparently. Gotta but no, work up an appetite. I will get there, though. Okay. There's a receipt from Walmart that shows that he bought a chains of clothes, uh, a DVD player, and some movies. Because, I mean, if you're going to hold down somewhere, you got to have something to do. That right. is true. Apparently, he planned on being somewhere with electricity. Sir, sounds like it. Uh, some snacks. Uh, and most of that stuff was still in the truck because uh, he wrecked, wrecked it and had it. to run from the police. Okay. 
the only thing they did find uh, was the bloody clothes that apparently he had had on when he committed the murders. I just so can't. my man went into Walmart and said, oh, the, the, <laughs> "Covered in blood, apparently." Yeah, right? Got a bloody jeans of, on. The change of clothes, all right. I mean, the snacks, all right. But oh, that five dollar bin of the DVD. Yeah, right what's there? in there? Oh, that's, that's a Steven Seagal oh, movie right there. Right. I know I'm Steven yeah. Seagal. Under siege, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes, gonna go home and watch the shit out this during this manhunt. What a, I, I what a dummy was not able to tell what movies he bought. That's, that's unfortunate yeah would have been additional insight yes, into the psyche very interesting uh they also find a receipt from the taco bell drive ah uh, okay chalupas mm. yes. um they get the surveillance footage from walmart to confirm his uh presence there in conformity with the receipt i bet he eats the mild sauce you know I don't see him getting any spicier than mild. No, no Diablo up in here. No, just the just the the mild. It just sounds like a absolute punk. Very bland. I'm sorry. Continue. That's fine. Uh, they also get, and I don't understand how this came about. Whether they were pulling surveillance footage from various businesses in the area or what they were doing, but they got this guy, and they got surveillance footage of him. At a house, a specific house between 1124 and 1147 p.m. after the murders. Now, this was before they wrecked him in the truck. Okay. But this is just another spot where they found out he went. Mm -hmm. They talked to the occupants of this house who confirmed that he was there. You know why he was there? Why was he there? He needed some weed. (laughs) Got to chill out, bruh. He He got the Taco Bell. He needs the weed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, finally then, on Friday, October the 13th, around 10.30 in the morning, a passerby calls police because they see dude casually walking on US-52. What? This guy is dumb. Uh, The Ohio Highway Patrol shows up and he immediately surrenders to them when they arrive. (laughs) You know, I I prayed on it. I'm just going to let him take me this time. That's, yeah. I'm going to just walk along the side of the highway until somebody says, that's weird. But that's that guy that killed yeah. that kid and those other people. Maybe we should pick couldn't, him up. Couldn't walk along the, you know, through the woods on a parallel track get right along the roadway. Well, no, no, just wait, walk wait on the fi- shoulder. Wait till you find out why. Wait till you find out why. Oh. So, uh, Ohio Highway Patrol calls Detective Sergeant Bollinger, or mm-hmm. Bollinger, don't know how he pronounces his name, with the Lawrence County Sheriff's Department, who comes to them and assumes custody. So he takes this dude back to the station for processing and he will not shut up about what he did. Really? Won't shut up about it. Got to tell him everything. What? Uh, He starts out with some news that was not expected. He claims that he and Stacy had been having an affair that had gone on for the last six months. Keep in mind, they is first cousins. Oh, yikes. He says that he had, that she had tried to break it off with him about a week ago. So a week before the murders. Uh, Then he goes through and just describes. He said that uh, when he was over on October the 10th, he took one of Devin's Power Ranger books and propped open the window in the spare bedroom so that he could enter the home the next morning. They found a Power Ranger book in that spare bedroom. Mm. Right where he said it was going to be. I guess they didn't really note it to begin with, because it didn't seem strange that a child's book would be in a child's, child's house. Room. Right. Yeah. Um, but he admits to packing that backpack they'd found in the spare room. Uh, that's also how he brought 
ammo in. He said he only brought the shotgun and eight shells with him. He said that the shotgun belonged to a family member who had loaned him the weapon to go hunting. Um, he said that he had hid in the spare room until Devin went to school. And then he, he knows what time Todd goes to work. So he waited until Todd went to work, slipped in the window, uh, waited until after Devin went to school. Then uh, Stacy was coming out of the bathroom and he shot her three times in the chest and torso. Uh, when asked by the police, he says that she never said a thing to him. So, so she calls it off. According he, to him. He is upset by this. So his, his kin and, according to him, lover, he just, well, I can't have that. I'm going to sneak in, burglarize your home, sneak, wait in, in the bathroom until these other folks clear out. And then we're not talking. There's no conversation here. She comes out the shower Kerplousy. She shoots her dead. Yeah, he he was in the spare room where he had snuck in. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess after Devin went to school, she went into the bathroom. And when she came out of the bathroom, mm -hmm. he was out in the hallway, pop popped her. But then what? I mean, he just sat there for hours and hours. No, and... no he didn't sit there. Let me tell you, man. Oh, he okay, drug right. her body into Devin's bedroom, placed her on the futon and had sex with her. Oh, uh, he said that. Yep. Shot her with the shotgun, I assume, at close range yes. three times and three times. then had sex with her. Yes. Oh, my. That sounds awful. When asked, he admits Whoa. to using the condom found in the kitchen trash can. The, I mean, and this is the same woman where they found her tongue elsewhere. No, 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 no. That no. was, that oh, was okay. her mom. Okay. Okay. Tammy okay. tongue sorry, sorry. But you're talking Ooh. about the same so, type yeah, of right. damage. Right. You would think the same carnage on the The same body. type of... You... Good. Mm. The, I, you know, I just... I mean, there are there are plenty of weirdos out there that I'm sure that are into that stuff. But after that's yeah, that's that's next level. Oh, no wonder. No wonder intern made that face when he was like, y'all should check this case out. Goodness. Yeah. So uh, after he finished uh, with Stacy's body, he put her under the futon mattress in a blanket. And then he went in to check on Braxton. Sweetheart that he is. Uh, he describes that he took care of Braxton. He fed him, changed his diaper, put him down for a nap. You know, just spending time with the baby. Quality time. Uh, Never mind. Had... You say he shot her three times? Yes. Do you know uh, how loud two. a... Two times? Wait, I don't know. I'll count once we get to the end. All right. Two two or three times. It's like Lou. One plus two plus one plus one. They all equal eight. <laughs> it, it, everything comes Because he only eight. had eight slugs. And we know, yeah, we know he ran out by the time Todd came in. Um, well, that was so loud. That's another reason why I was asking about like the, I mean, I didn't know at the time it was there were gunshots involved, but the, the you know, co-location of, of other residents, proximity and so forth, but. Yeah. I mean, and granted, so out in the country, and if it's on a little plot of land, I'm not saying other people will hear that. But that child. The oh, yeah. I'm sure the kid was oh. crying like crazy and he, you so know, loud. consoled it and took care of it for a while because he's a nice guy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry, Cheryl. Keep That's going. all right. Uh, he also admits that after he killed and raped Stacy, he used her cell phone pretending to be Todd and called the school to tell them to send Devin home on the bus. Now, Although when he the says that, the only reason to do that is to kill that kid. Yeah. 
When he says he did that, <sighs> he denies knowing that Devin was supposed to, his to go to his grandparents' house that day. So why would he say grandpa can't watch him? He said he just wanted to him. make sure he came home. That That's that, a lie. Yeah, that makes no damn that's sense. That's not the truth. I don't like this guy. He says that once Devin got home from school, uh, they sat down in the living room and he asked him how his day was and they talked about his day at school. And, uh, but then Devin started asking all them questions, Joe. Where my mommy is. Where's yeah. my mommy? When's daddy getting home? Where's mommy? And, When's daddy and getting mommy home? mommy is in Devin's bedroom, right? Yes. Yeah. So he tries Ugh. to go into his bedroom. He, oh, don't go in there, son. No, 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 no. no. It's not that he tries to go into the bedroom. Well, just... He tells him that uh, he gets tired of all the questions. Gets so tired just, of it. I'm going to just tell you straight, kid. So it's like, you know what? Uh, I brought a PlayStation 3 that we can play with. I hid it in your bedroom behind your dresser. Oh, my God. If you can no. find it, we'll play with it. So he says, this, Devin, is, this is his confession to the police. Yes, he this says is he his statement. This. OK, so he says right. Devin goes in, uh, is sort of wiggling behind a dresser. And then it, that's when Lawson shoots him twice with the shotgun. In his back and shoulder. He then covered him mm. with a pile of clothes. And he also made sure to tell the officers that Devin did not see his mother because he had covered her up. Well, that was very considerate. Before he murdered this kid, he didn't let him see his mom. Yeah. So. Ray, I know this stuff doesn't matter as much to you, but you should see what this guy looks like. <laughs> Are you looking him up I'm, as I'm talking about I am about looking him. him up as you're talking about it. He, he does the opposite face from when he commits the crime to when he's tried for the crime. Mm. When he commits the crime, he has long hair and no facial hair, really. Mm -hmm. And then when he's tried for the crime, his very short cut hair and a super a, long beard. And a beard. Yeah. Changed completely what he looked like. Wow. Um, he looks better with long hair, I think. I don't. Oh. So uh, that's the story that he gives about uh, Devin's death. So uh, he goes along, presumably still tending to Braxton, who's in the main bedroom. And he says he's in the main bedroom when he hears Tammy at the front of the house trying to get in. So um, he says he hid behind a door. Don't know what door he's talking about. Uh, but when she gets in the house, he says that he shot her twice in the kitchen area of the home and then dragged her to the laundry room. One of the shots to Tammy hit her in the back of the neck, which is why there was, um, you know, the tongue situation the tongue situation. Mm -hmm. Um, he says he then put Tammy's phone in a bucket of water. Says he doesn't know why I did that. Okay. Uh, when asked if Tammy said anything before he shot her, interestingly, he doesn't say, oh my God, which is what Todd said she said. Yeah. He said that she said, I know it was you. But he also didn't say that she got any farther than the kitchen. So I don't know what she thought was him. Right. I, she wouldn't. I believe, I don't find that to be truthful. Right. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's a cute family. Goodness. They are. So then um, Lawson says that Dawn arrived at the house. Yeah. And he tried to get in through the back of the house, but he couldn't. So then he came around to the front of the house and kind of shouldered open the front door. And he says right there on the spot, he shot Dawn in the, jet, in the chest. And then he proceeded to drag him as best he could back the hall where he put him in Devin's bedroom. Now, very super shortly... 
after he was able to get Don's body back to the bedroom is when Todd shows up. So this is all, I mean, the wheels start falling off this thing. It's moving very quickly here at yes. the end. Okay. Um, he says that he had to stab Todd because he'd used all the ammunition that he brought. Mm-hmm. So he describes fighting with Todd. He describes Todd asking him why he's doing this and where everyone was. That's the same thing that Todd said. Um, he also tells them that he had been planning to survive in the woods for a little bit, but he didn't get to take the backpack that he brought with him because, you know, Todd kicked him out the house. Right. Hands. Right. He describes going to the house to buy marijuana. He describes the car chase and then being run into the woods. He describes hearing the helicopters overhead and laying down and covering himself with twigs and leaves and brush and says uh, that he came out of the woods because he was hungry and just didn't have it in him to run anymore. That's why he was walking along the roadside. How how long he last? Uh, 24 hours? (laughs) I mean, no, it was from like, what was it, like two or three in the morning on... Thursday morning. So like late night, Wednesday into Thursday until Friday morning at like 10 30. So he hungry 16 hours or so somewhere or I'm it's sorry, a little 20, more than 20, 28 hours, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Quite the outdoorsman. Right. Yeah. You'll never find him. He's one with nature. <laughs> a little bit longer than days. I'm, I'm so hungry. hungry. I got I'm, to, I got to he's ran out of this Taco Bell. He's literally like a kid who ran away from home and then had to come back mm-hmm. you know with his suitcase mm-hmm. i'm sorry mom i can't live out there i was hungry bacon is good for me mm-hmm. uh so he, they asked him why he didn't hurt braxton and yeah. he said that he just he saw him all the time and felt a connection with him but not the but not I'll the say, older but, boy but Devin too he, he saw Devin all the time too um when asked why he did it lawson just said that it's because he was hurt so sorry for your feelings. When asked why he killed both Devin, Tammy, right. and Dawn, he said he did it to cover up what he'd done to Stacy, which makes zero sense because he could have done what he did to Stacy and then booked out. Yes. He yes. killed Stacy early in the morning. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then the the other Everybody kids in school. Else starts oh, at but he can't he can't leave the infant alone mm. in that house for the day. That's He's what got I'm saying. to care he for the this infant. Chick and then stayed there all day waiting for people to put it together that ooh, something's wrong and then murks them too. I mean, do we all generally genuinely oh wow put words together generally agree that he broke into this house sexually assault assaulted his first cousin and then murdered her and then murdered everyone that showed up thereafter i'm are we all in agreement on this yeah he might have murdered her and had and then had sex with her after i know but there was i don't think there was a prior relationship i guess is what i'm getting or i would find it highly suspect i mean it could be whatever live your life yeah i don't know but i don't know i could just i mean it seems very predatory of coming in through the window and having all this yeah, stuff packed true. and maybe trying and mask you know why you got a mask if you're just gonna blast old girl why i don't know ah couldn't uh, handle the rejection oh what a terrible oh this whole case yeah, it's awful i said these poor folks yeah mm. so uh after he gives this confession and they already have uh all this other evidence he is indicted uh incidentally this confession is all taking place when he turns himself in on october the 13th of 2017 mm-hmm. this dude gets indicted october 18th 2017 wowzers <laughs> there you go ohio 
Get after it. Uh, is indicted on 11 felony charges, including four counts of aggravated murder with death penalty specifications. Oh, they're going to kill I him. was wondering about that. Okay, yeah, Ohio. I didn't think about that. They've got so, the needle, right? Um, he was charged in count one with the aggravated murder of Stacy um, with prior calculation and design. Uh, count one carried three death specifications. That it was in the course of conduct involving the purposeful killing of two or more persons, felony murder, uh, predicated on aggravated burglary, mm-hmm. and felony murder predicated on rape. So interesting. Should um, we've mentioned burglary a couple times, and I think a lot of people when they hear the word burglary, they have something very specific in their head. You know, someone breaking in to steal things. But to be clear, burglary is the unlawful entry into a. a a home uh, for the purpose of committing a crime therein, whatever right. that it crime doesn't may have be. to be a theft. Right. It doesn't have most often it is. Right. But it certainly doesn't have to be. So um, I know a lot of times for folks that can be kind of a thing. So if you don't know, now, you know, common law burglary. That's it. Go. All right. And also I feel like uh, felony murder. Oh, felony murder. Yeah, Give it to him, Cheryl. One. That's a good okay. one. Okay, So uh, felony murder is, I guess, one of the category of ways someone can be convicted of murder in the first degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is when a death occurs in the course of you committing one of the enumerated felonies in that statute. So if you're raping someone, you're robbing someone, uh, and they die in the course of that event, that would be a felony murder. Yeah, usually you commit... Even if you don't intend to kill the person. Right, right, exactly. Because you're committing a violent crime and they die during it, you're still charged with murder. Yeah. It takes out that intent part. Right, you don't have to intend to commit the murder. You, If you're intending to and in the process of committing one of those enumerated felonies, and I assume it varies by state to some extent, sure. what those enumerated felonies are, but you to know the big degree, ones are going to yeah, be there. Right, you know right. robbery's going to be right. there. You know sex assault, <laughs> kidnapping. Yeah. Yeah, those, if you're those. if you're doing one of those, you ain't you don't have to intend to kill somebody, but if somebody dies, um, then your your first degree murder, as if premeditation, deliberation, mm-hmm. um, the big bad, which in the state of Ohio sounds like the big bad the death penalty. Yes, you can. I'm not can. stressing about this. You no, know, sometimes no. sometimes I'm conflicted about the death penalty. I, I mean, hand to God, sometimes I, I go, golly, and Same then there way, are buddy. some cases where it's like, nah, I'm. It's fine. <laughs> this one's in the latter category. <laughs> yeah. So that was count one. Count two. I'm just glad is, we don't have to deal with it. Yes, I'll say that. Yes, I agree. Count two is the aggravated murder of uh, Devin, who's a child under the age of 13 that mm-hmm. carried six death penalty specifications. <laughs> the same course of conduct involving the killing of more than one person. Yeah. Uh, murder of a victim younger than 13. Murder to escape detection, apprehension, trial, or punishment of other offenses. Felony murder predicated on the burglary, felony murder uh, predicated on kidnapping, and murder to uh, prevent testimony. Uh, that's interesting. So one of their one of their death penalty check marks on this case is that you've done something bad, and while trying to evade capture or detection, you kill someone. And that, I I like that. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that's one of their specifications. Yeah. So count three charged Lawson with the aggravated murder of Tammy. McGuire mm-hmm. uh, during the commission of an aggravated burglary. It carried, uh, and then count four was the murder of Donald McGuire. Both of those counts carried four death specifications, a course of conduct involving the killing of more than one person, murder to escape detection, apprehension, trial, or punishment, 
uh, felony murder in violation or yeah, felony murder predicated on aggravated burglary and murder to prevent testimony. Mm. So then he was also indicted with the non-capital offenses of attempted murder, uh, felonious assault, aggravated burglary, rape, abuse of a corpse, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, theft of a motor vehicle, and failure to comply with an officer's order. Counts one through four, seven, eight, and ten also all carried firearm specifications. Mm. Um, so when old boy finds out that the death penalty is on the table and he gets a lawyer, he enters an initial plea of not guilty. Uh, he even initially tells his moms that he didn't do it. Mm. He tells his mom the story that by the time he got there, he saw Stacy's body and Todd started attacking him, which is why he had to stab Todd. That tracks. Mm -hmm. What about the other bodies? Mm -hmm. Right. What about, so, I'm sure somebody's going to test that condom at mm, some point. Yeah, right? Indeed, indeed. The other corroborative evidence. Uh, his mom, however, does corroborate Todd uh, bringing Lawson home on the evening of October 10th and said to her, both of the men seem fine and normal. Um, so in the meantime, rumors are running rampant because of the statement that old boy gave about why he did this. Yes. Uh, which I, is a big shame too, right? You, you murder family. a family right. and then half you, of the family, half the family. And then you just smear their name by saying this kind of, Oh, right. So I don't know if they did this through the criminal case or not, but they do paternity tests on both of the children. Um, I guess there was some speculation that the reason perhaps he left Braxton alive was, was because his. there was an affair mm -hmm. and Braxton may be his. I mean, that's uh, which, a theory. Surprise all turned out to be complete bullshit because oh. both the kids are Todd's. Right. Um, so they're never able to find any evidence that there was any type of a sexual relationship between Lawson and Stacy. There's no cooperation of that anywhere. No friends or family who said that they were they talked about it or suspected it. Um, there's no social media or message evidence like they that. can find that would indicate you're that. gonna have to communicate in some manner you yeah. know if that's happening there's gonna be there's usually there's gonna a digital be footprint of right. some sort and there if is. they didn't find anything it didn't happen uh one of stacy's sisters does talk about how lawson always seemed to be obsessed obsessed with stacy mm. um and at some point he tells his mom uh, i guess he tells her the truth eventually because he knows he's gonna go to trial and stuff mm -hmm. uh he tells her that he was in love with Stacy and that Stacy was the love of his life. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess we're going to get there, but if dude thinks he's going to beat this at the box, he's real dumb. <laughs> yeah. He should probably take a plea that says we're going to keep that needle out of your arm, homie. Yeah. Well, I don't know if the, if the state of Ohio would be willing to offer that at this point, you got a guy running, you got, you got a surviving victim who can identify him. I mean, so, let, let me also mention the name of our, our prosecutor who did a real good job in this case. Yeah, props. But also because he has one of the coolest names. His name is Brigham. Brigham is his first name. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. My brain just totally flaked oh, out. Oh, no. Did we lose his last name? Brigham? Brigham? Oh, it's such a cool name. Wait. Breezy? Hold on. Briggy. That thing would be a cool nickname. Oh, come on. I'm, I waited this whole time. I know. Dude, your face 
Oh, it is this whole time because say this dude's name because it's like a quarterback name. It's like if if you know what I mean. It sounds like the name of a really cool quarterback. Ah. Uh, I want to say it's like Anderson. An Anderson, Br yeah, Brigham Anderson. Brigham Anderson. That's Brigham what it is. Anderson. Okay, Brigham Anderson. Is his all oh, you know what I his dad. I apologize for getting forgetting your last name, homie. Do you know what his daddy's name is no. or was? Mac Anderson. That's Mac that's Anderson dope. and Brigham Anderson. I want to meet these dudes. Brigham Anderson is a cool name. It's a quarterback name. Mm. Like if you weren't a prosecutor, you'd be quarterback in a football team somewhere. Yeah. Maybe a high state. They love their Buckeyes over there. Um, so they are preparing for trial. Uh, let's get to February of 2019. They go into trial they're calling in 500 potential jurors because this case got so much press <laughs> and necessary press because of the circumstances. They had to find sure. this dude. He's on the run. Um, He's yeah. right. They had to apprise the public what was going on. He set down schools and stuff. So everyone's heard about this in this community. So they're calling in tons of potential jurors to try to seat a jury in this case. Uh, on February the 11th, several days into jury selection, Defense counsel tells the court that Lawson has decided he doesn't want a jury trial. He says he doesn't want to put himself, his family, and the family of victims through all this stuff that they're going to hear. Uh, they also make it real clear it's against the advice of his counsel. Okay. So uh, they talk about it. He's just going to take it on the chin? Or is there a deal offered? He wants to just take please, it on the chin. Just straight up on a death case. Yes. So that's why they're telling him it's against the advice of his counsel, but it's what he wants to do. So they get, they take a recess. Uh, they let old boy uh, stew on a little bit more, talk to his family. Um, they come back on the record and they say, judge, we're going to proceed with this trial. Hmm. But the next day though, <laughs> the next morning they walk in and they're like, judge, um, he is, desirous he's demanding to enter a plea of guilty to all counts and forgo his right to a jury trial um now you have to understand a couple of things about the way ohio law works even in a death case if you plead guilty the state still has to put on its case they have to be able to find the fact it's like sort of um, like the feds like the way they do the factual foundation like you got it you gotta you can plead guilty that's fine but the state still has to put on witnesses evidence of some kind yes okay state still has to prove its case okay um it always reminds me of sort of um a abuse neglect procedure where you can make an admission but if we don't want to take your relinquishment we gonna get them aggravated circumstances right right yeah. or just or just you make you're willing to make some admissions but not the ones that that we think are necessary, right. you know, or that the guardian ad litem wants. So we're going to take some evidence. Or the judge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We're going to take some evidence. Okay. Um, I dig. But anyway, there's a discussion then on the record briefly about competency that they have. Um, you know, that's got to come up though, right? Right. What you, I mean, but you would think it would have been litigated before well you're handling and the it, jury. It was. Okay. It was. Uh, defense had objected to any competency evaluation, didn't think it was a big deal. And, and I guess um, they got to a point where the court was like, do you want a competency evaluation in this case? And they were like, nah, we don't, nah, we we don't need one of those. We good. We good. Until the eve of... Okay. Um, so then they he's like, I want to plead guilty to all these things. <laughs> and they're like, do we need to revisit the competency? Yeah. And they're like, uh, 
Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we do. It's a death penalty case. Um, so they basically schedule a plea hearing for February 19th for a couple reasons. Um, one, I think to give everybody a chance to get ready for plea taking Two, because if there's going to be a plea done, it has to be done in front of a three judge panel and the Ohio Supreme court has to appoint the other two judges. Because it's, because it's a death murder yes. case. Okay. Yes. And those three judges will be the, the body, the fact finders for the evidence that the state puts on. Okay. That's an, that's an interesting, uh, procedural a jury of, a jury of judges yeah yes that's so you weird. can waive your right to a jury trial and plead guilty but you're still going to get a trial in front of three judges if you're gonna, got a death case and there's going to be some evidence yes yes okay that is the case okay I, I think it's neat so um on february 19th the state actually removes and voluntarily dismisses um, specifications, uh, certain specifications, not all of them, attached to the deaths of Devin, Tammy, and Dawn. Um, and the panel hears the change of plea. It is a very detailed change of plea hearing. Do, do you think they took some of those specifications off so that they had to, there was, like they could get it done quicker, like put on less evidence or didn't have to call as many witnesses or something? They took off any specification where they, they, might not have an agreement. I think okay. ultimately they were like, all right, we'll remove. Like everything we put on, he's going to say, yep, true. They removed one for the intentional course of conduct and killing more than one person. So I think they sort of conceded that you came there to kill Stacy and you killed Tammy and Don because they showed up. Mm -hmm. Kind of that thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why necessarily they would have removed it with regard to Devin, but they did. Right. Right. Um, not that it matters. Because they still have plenty of death penalty specifications. Right. Do, how many left. does it? I mean, does it just take one? Just takes one. Oh dang! Okay. But they have several. Um, so they go to trial, and they hear all of the evidence from the officers about processing of the scene. Um, they hear evidence from officers about his confession. Um, they also, of course, take into consideration during this phase of the trial that he has made admissions yeah. after a colloquy. Um, but they put in his statements. They try to put in the videos from Walmart where they show him there. Defense objects and says it's cumulative. You've already said he was at Walmart and he's already pled guilty. And the court's like, yeah, that's good enough. So they, they don't take the, the videos from Walmart, but they take the testimony and the receipts so there's, from Walmart. But there's still evidence presented. There's evidence went to presented. Walmart. Okay. Um, they... Do hear evidence from the lab with regard to certain testing. Um, they well before that they also hear evidence, of course, from the medical examiner with regard to the wounds uh, to each victim. Um, he says that although, and this was a another point of contention, the only thing the defense counsel really pushed at the end of trial that they argued about was this was not a rape because she was likely dead. It was just the abuse of a corpse. And uh, Mr. Anderson put forth arguments uh, that he found precedent for in Ohio law about uh, if you die in the course of a rape, it's still a rape. Mm. Um, and there wasn't, I don't know. Uh, 
the medical examiner testified that although they received fatal wounds, didn't necessarily mean they were immediately dead. Right. Um, there was some evidence with regard to blood evidence on Stacy's feet and hands that she had at least taken a couple steps after she was shot and had clutched at her wounds. Um, so they all died from the gunshot wounds. Um, the DNA evidence on the knife handle was um, a mix of Todd and Don and the defendant which you'd expect because he had just got Don back to that bedroom, probably had his blood still over his hands yeah. when he grabbed a hold of that knife and went to work on Todd. Uh, had some of... Um, the knife blade was Todd. Um, the condom was a little bit weird. So on the outside of the condom, Stacy was, um, of course, major contributor. There was a mixed sample of male DNA, the defendants being... A contributor and Todd's being a tr contributor. But if Todd had sex with his wife, right, his DNA is conceivably still in her. Sure. Um, so the inside of the condom um, had some of Stacy's DNA, major contributor, defendant, and again, minor contributor, Todd. Todd. Um, you're in you're in the man's house. You're touching things. You're yeah. Indeed. Um, they also took a rape kit from Stacy's body. And there was uh, the defendant's DNA found on both vaginal and rectal swabs taken from that examination. Mm -hmm. So um, in a nutshell, I mean, that was pretty much the evidence that they presented during the um, trial phase of things. The three judge panel recessed came back and convicted him upon his guilty pleas and the evidence that the state had put forth and then they switched over into the mitigation phase okay of the proceeding so so would this be like a mercy correct. Style thing? Okay. this would be a mercy sort of thing they are uh taking into consideration the death penalty specifications as aggravating factors with regard to these offenses and they're allowing him to present mitigating circumstances with regard to the offenses mm -hmm. and the way he does that and mitigating. i see ray yeah. <laughs> disgustedly yeah. shaking his head how are you going to mitigate that oh well it wasn't i'm a punk yeah. yeah like what what yeah so yeah what, what did he put on did he put well, on anything yeah he he puts on a psychologist and he puts on his mother oh and he's a good boy <clears throat> Well, and you know, every small, everybody's mom says mm -hmm. that, but yeah, um, the major takeaway from mitigation phase is that, um, Lawson was born to his mother, um, who was not the most stable of people. She had, um, cognitive deficiencies, which is probably why she couldn't spell the name Aaron, um, oh. she also oh. had some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. She, as I had mentioned at the beginning, also had a very hard upbringing. She first got married when she was 17 to this dude named Lester Risner. Um, she quit school three weeks before her graduation because she had a baby. Um, she was abused by Risner. Um, they separated. She got together with Ray Lawson, who is, uh, the defendant's biological father. 
Um, they were only together a month before they split. She found out she was pregnant with um, the defendant. Um, the defendant was born in April of 94. She lost custody of all these kids in 95. Um, she says it was because she had moved in with her sister and her sister-in-law, her sister's mother-in-law didn't like her. That's why she lost custody of them kids. That's probably not accurate. Yeah. Um, so all of the kids end up getting signed over to Carolyn's mother, except for the defendant. And Ray Lawson ended up wanting to, his to take son. him. His okay. son. So um, his dad apparently was an alcoholic. His dad got together with Martha, who was mom's friend. Mom apparently did not like that. Mm. Um, when he got together with Martha, he especially started drinking. But his dad and Martha uh, raised him by and large from 1995 up through uh, 2011. Um, he also had an aunt uh, that was his dad's sister who was very close to him. She died in a house fire. Oh. That was a traumatic experience for him. Oh, so that's um, why he brought it up. They okay. say that he was abused by his stepbrothers. In uh, Ray and Martha's house, they would, uh, at one point, they took a sharp end of pencils without erasers and smashed them in his ears. Um, Carolyn Taylor regains custody of him in 2011. That time, she's with a dude named Carl Kelly. Uh, she and Carl Kelly separate. She leaves the area, and Carl Kelly actually keeps Lawson. So that's who... And is okay. uh, a father figure to him. At one point, right after she got custody back, uh, Lawson is alleged to have chased a neighbor with a butcher knife, by the way, uh, because he made some comment about dead Aunt Linda. Oh, who burned up in the fire? Who burned up in the fire. And Linda was like a second mom to him. You can't be saying that stuff. He gonna chase him with a butcher knife. See, but in hindsight, so, I feel like that's what we call a sign. Right, mm -hmm. right. Well, and this is this is sort of where the defense was going. Mm -hmm. He's established all of these mental issues that were never treated. However, after the, the chasing with the butcher knife thing, the only reason charges weren't filed on that, he was still juvenile at the time, was because he had an inpatient hospitalization, mm -hmm. an involuntary hospitalization. Um, when he was discharged, they recommended counseling services. Um, they knew he needed counseling services and he got counseling services. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, and that that all sounds sad and tragic. I don't get and awful, shit. but I'm I'm you did this, though, buddy. And I, I mean, how does that mitigate? I, I, it right. sucks. It's it's sad. He, right. he had a terrible has, childhood, but you murdered a kid and yeah. raped a lady probably after she was dead. You like yeah. no, I don't yeah. care. Don't the, care. The forensic psychologist indicates that because of his childhood, he has deep seated abandonment issues. He has a borderline personality disorder. He has all of these. Um, a male. They gave uh, they, post traumatic stress disorder issues that largely went untreated. Borderline um, diagnosed. Okay. Yes. Um, has at some point been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Um, but, you know, back bipolar disorder got to be the thing. No, it was hot, hot sure. topic that everybody was diagnosed with. Yeah. Um, but basically he says he's mentally ill and that's important, um, especially now for Ohio law. But I'll get to that mm. later on. Mm. Um, but his mental illness is a significant <laughs> mitigating factor. Uh, Ohio doesn't want to put down people who need help. Um, 
So a lot of the mitigation phase focuses on his difficult childhood, the resultant trauma issues he's had with that, the um, what Dr. Bob Stinson says is the lack of, of meaningful treatment for those issues and his um, his mental illness is a lot of the reason behind why he had this episode, I guess you could say. Now, now what, what was his history time, like otherwise, like his criminal history? Uh, none. Oh, none. In, interesting. Seems pretty well adjusted for somebody <laughs> who has such terrible mental issues. Uh, also, my boy Brigham Anderson chooses this time to ask this doctor some poignant questions about statements that the defendant has made to uh, other folks in the jail where mm. he's being held. Mm. Asked him if uh, he was informed that Lawson was bragging about being such a good shot. Oh. Keep in mind, he's in a trailer with a shotgun at right. close range. You right. don't have to right. be a good right. shot. No. What? And you took him by surprise. Like, yeah. there was no bragging about being a good shot or like yeah. you're some sportsman. Yeah. Um, also... <sighs> He specifically stated he only had remorse, some remorse, for killing Devin. Some. Some. Uh, so he got those questions in. Good. And uh, Stinson Brigham. said that Stinson said that he had heard about those statements being made, but felt that that was probably just him trying not to be attacked in the jail. And sounded jail hard yeah, while tough. he was in jail. It was tough. Yeah. Okay. I mean. So tough he had to come back because he was hungry. Mm. Uh, he also guy. he also had his uh, half-sister testify about um, his dad being an alcoholic and all that stuff. His half-sister, who was also on probation for felony burglary. Hey, uh, I you know, I, I bring it back to the pictures a lot. Uh, I just want to say, looking at Todd yeah. and looking at the defendant... When I, I just take a little bit of pleasure out of this, that when defendant realized he had no more ammunition left, he had no more shotgun shells left. And this dude is the one that comes walking through the door. He had to shit his pants just a little bit because this dude looks like a dude I would not mess with. And yeah. oh, that is for sure. Oh, for sure. He's bringing the ass whooping. I don't care if you got a knife. Good on you, Todd. All right, I'm sorry. Continue. You're good. So by February 28th, they have closing arguments in the mitigation phase. Deliberations of the three-judge panel begin at 10.36 a.m. And at 10.37. 2.35 p.m., the three-judge panel returns and sentences uh, Aaron Lawson to death for the murders. Mm. Good. <laughs> uh, the three judge panel incidentally did have to be unanimous in order to impose the death penalty. So they deliberated for four hours, but they had lunch in there. You know, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, yeah, we are. We, we, they walked in the room. They did a straw poll. They're like, dude's dying. Right. Yeah. Right. But we're going to sit on it because we're judges. We have to be, you know, judicial <laughs> and, and con con contemplative. So we'll, we'll just chill. Slow pedal this. Take a what nice lunch. lunch leisure, yeah. Where are we going? Yeah. Come back around about two mid afternoon. You get out of here early today. We'll call it a day. <laughs> there you go. CCTV of the th the three judge, the three judge deliberations. Panel. I just I just gave it to you. Woo. So uh, just to be thorough, he was given eleven years for the attempted murder, mm -hmm. eleven years for aggravated burglary, 
12 months for abuse of a corpse. They did actually uh, not, I should have mentioned this at the trial phase, they did not convict him of the rape. They only convicted him of abuse of a corpse. Interesting. Um, 11 years for kidnapping, three years for tampering with evidence, 11 months for theft of motor vehicle, three years for failure to comply with orders from law enforcement. Three years for, on an obstructing. And for a total of 59 and a half years plus in addition death. to the death. Three years Four on deaths. obstructing, 12 months on theft having of sex of with, or on the, with the dead body. Yeah. Right. And uh, also, uh, okay. seemed interesting, did you say 11, 11 years for attempted murder? Oh. Yes. I like, I mean... Yeah, it ain't what we get here. That's I like that. That's maybe a nice determinate number. Seems much more reasonable. He's yeah. also ordered to be on the registry as a child victim offender for the kidnapping offense. And uh, it was noted that that was the first time that anyone had been sentenced to death in Lawrence County, Ohio, since the 1960s. Hmm. Well, sure seems like he deserved it. So he files an appeal. Um, his appeal also centers on the competency issue. Um, he files his error, the trial court's failure to order a competency evaluation. Uh, the trial court discussed it with counsel on a couple of occasions, but never sui sponte ordered a competency evaluation. Mm -hmm. He says that the court had enough indicia of his incompetence that it should have sui sponte ordered that. Uh, uh, Cheryl, Supreme su Court of Ohio sui sponte, sui sponte, you throwing out Latin well, up on this Latin. podcast. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. You ain't even going to let them know what it mean. All right. Sui sponte <laughs> means the court did it on its own. No one asked for it. No one asked for it. Court decides I'm going to do this on my own. Sui sponte. So if you don't know, now you know. Sui sponte. There we go. Woo. Um, he challenged the validity of his uh, waiver of jury trial and his guilty pleas. Mm -hmm. He uh, actually also alleged ineffective assistance of his counsel. For not getting the competency eval? For Correct. not moving for it? Correct. Um, and the interesting discussion about that, and I'd encourage people to read the Ohio Supreme Court's opinion in this case, because it's really thorough. It goes through their procedures really well, uh, probably better than I have in this podcast. And it's um, has a really good recitation of the facts that were developed, the procedural history, and then all of these really interesting legal issues that they resolve based upon the record of the case. Um, we talked about record with... Uh, the Darley Routier joint. That's yeah. where mm -hmm. everything that's being done in the courtroom is taken down. And these judges are look, these judges in the Supreme court are looking at that record that's made by that three judge panel, um, to determine whether or not there was any error. And, um, there was a lot of really good discussion about what happened with regard to the competency issue. So basically, um, while they're having that discussion, when they come in and say, judge, he wants to plead guilty, he just that's what he wants mm -hmm. it's against the advice of counsel but that's what he wants so we're going to ask you to do what he wants that's our job um and the judge said do we need to revisit this competency issue and there's a discussion about it and the prosecutor brigham comes in again mm -hmm. and he's like hey judge they got a doctor who's evaluated this guy on their witness list can he give us an indication of whether or not he believes this guy has any competency issues i like that idea and the defense said i can't I can't commit this expert to being able to do that because it's a different type of evaluation. Mm -hmm. But I will say he spent a lot of time with this dude and he's evaluated him extensively. Yeah. So I'll ask him. 
Um, they come in on the 19th to do the plea hearing and they make a record where the court says, do we have any issues with this competency? And they're like, no, judge, we had Dr. Bob take mm. a look at this guy. Mm -hmm. We don't have any concerns about his competency to move forward. Um, and the judge also in the colloquy asked him about his change of mind. Like we took that recess, you talked to your family, you came back and you wanted to move with the jury trial. But then right. the next day you came in and still said you wanted to plead. Why, What's why up was with that? that? Yeah. Why, why were you seemingly indecisive? And the guy's like, I wasn't indecisive. When we took that recess to talk to my family, I wanted to plead straight up then, just like I told my attorneys, but my mom's was in the room crying. And I don't like to see moms upset. Um, so I, I came back in and said, let's do the jury trial because mom was crying and I, I felt compelled by my mother's show of emotion and sorrow about it that it's, yeah. so, but he's like, it's, she's, it's only going to be more tears for everybody if we do this the jury trial way. So they talked about all of that on the record with this dude. That's great. They also make a big deal out of the fact that this guy was on some medications during the sentencing hearing or the, Ray the trial just, Ray just so angry that this guy's still alive right <laughs> well, i just I, I like well of hold course up course they they had an exhaustive colloquy about this dude's competence like there's no way that he wasn't competent right they make a big deal out of the fact that he's on some medications at the time of the trial and the sentencing hearing which of course the the judges ask him about that's <laughs> 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 so some medications um and they they go through the regular colloquy do you feel like are you under a doctor's care or are you on any medications he says yes i am what medications are you on he tells them does that medication causing you any side effects does it cloud your judgment do you think and he answers all of those questions appropriately i don't feel like they're clouding my judgment i'm of clear mind um i'm doing this knowingly voluntarily intelligently um no problems at all they go through the whole colloquy with this guy so they do a really good discussion of that on the record in telling this guy why he can fuck right off. Mm -hmm. um, they also allege as error the sentencing opinion where he tries to say that you considered non-statutory aggravating circumstances in imposing the death penalty. Basically, you were swayed by the fact that I had sex with that girl after I murdered her. Mm -hmm. But you can't talk about that as an aggravating factor because it's not one of the specifications that was attached um he also says that they didn't properly consider the mitigating evidence that they didn't weigh it with enough weight mm. um they also indicate that he made an argument with regard to the constitutionality of the death penalty which they summarily <laughs> dismiss because it's already been challenged so many times they're like get on out of here with so, that i mean the entirety of his appeal was uh-uh i disagree he hasn't raised any actual legal issues. I mean, with that have that are colorable. Everything it seems was exhaustively addressed on the record. He just goes, "I disagree with your findings." Yes. <laughs> so, in here's another thing about procedure in Ohio. Mm -hmm. In a death penalty case, the Supreme Court has sort of a de novo review of your sentencing. They oh. look at the aggravating specifications and they look at the mitigating factors and they de novo I i'm gonna again, do it again that. you look i was looking at you you said de novo well, that's what it's called it is get it get it okay. girl so de novo <laughs> with regard to an appeal means when they look at this case uh they're 
hearing it like they're hearing it for the first time. They're looking at the record and they're making a decision regardless of what the lower court decided. So in other circumstances, right, they're seeing it new. So in other circumstances, uh, they may just look to see, we're not saying that we agree with this judge. We're just going to look and see if this judge abused their discretion or did something bad. But de novo, they make their own decision about based upon the facts presented. Would you agree with that? Yes. All right. So that's de novo. So if you don't know, now you know de novo. That's a lot of no's. All right. Yeah. Keep it going. Which is kind of weird for an like, I mean, and for an appellate, a final court of appeals right. to be making its own new findings. That, right. That panel who sat there, like, why even do it? Right. You sit there and you have three judges come down and they hear all the evidence and they weigh it out and they deliberate or eat sandwiches, whatever, you know, you prefer in the back. Right. And well, then it's and- like, nope, de novo review. Well, and and maybe de novo isn't the best phrase for it. They have to make an independent review of the death sentences to determine, just to make sure there's enough support for the aggravating circumstances, Mm -hmm. whether the aggravating circumstances uh, outweigh the mitigating factors beyond a reasonable doubt, and whether the death sentences are proportionate. So So, they are sort of making a de novo determination that the the weights of the mitigating and aggravating circumstances were correct. And they also make a proportionality analysis. I mean, it sounds like abuse of discretion. We we're going to sit here and yeah. look at what the, the three judge tribunal decided. And if we think it With was clearly wrong, to the evidence. Yeah. But whether the aggravating, they have to make an independent review of whether or not the aggravating circumstances that were found outweighed the mitigating factors beyond a reasonable doubt. They have to do that independently. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, we're not practitioners in Ohio, but I would imagine the majority of those are kind of a rubber stamp. We're not yeah, going to. They they do go through and discuss each of the mitigating factors, each of the aggravating factors that were presented and each of the mitigating factors that had evidence um, with them. And they weigh those. Um, and they say, yeah, this is we uphold the death penalty. They They did not. Uh, bite on any of that stuff there was um there are five to two on upholding the death penalty in this case there is a concurring opinion however that is interesting to me mm-hmm. um and will be a reason we probably might want to revisit this case in the future since it is so fresh now this appellate opinion came out in october of 2021 oh super fresh yeah, well the murder was 2017 yes murders plural sorry. and trial was 2019 appeal decided in 2021 mm. Uh, according to this concurring opinion, and maybe we should go over <laughs> those things as it's well. It's such an informative episode. Okay. So when you're talking about an appeal, there's a majority opinion, which is the the winning side of the judges. Yeah. Uh, they have a judge who writes a written opinion with regard to their reasoning as to why they're doing what they're doing. A concurring opinion is we voted the same way as the majority. We're on the winning team here, but we have maybe either different or additional reasoning that the majority opinion doesn't have. So we're going to write our own opinion and call that a concurring opinion. Uh, Then there are dissenting opinions, which are the the losing side uh, where they disagree with the majority opinion and they want everyone to understand why that is and what their reasoning is Mm -hmm. for dissenting. So those are majority concurring and dissenting opinions. If you don't know, now, you know, I'm not going to list them all out, but all, <laughs> yeah. all the times have been. But uh, interesting tidbit on that. I know we're going long and I'm sorry, but 
some people may wonder why. Why, if, if you pick, you, there's a winner and there's a loser, right? There's a winning argument and a failing argument. Why have concurring opinions? Why have dissenting opinions published if, especially dissenting, if you didn't win? Because don't you want to know why people disagree? There are some really excellent points made in dissenting opinions that actually eventually become majority opinions. Yeah, that's what I was trying because, to slow play yeah, into there. Because oh. there is solid reasoning to be found in all of these justices' opinions, whether they were on the, the side of this issue that was prevailing or not. They are all justices in place for a reason. They all have opinions that tend to be uh, reasoned and uh, there's value to be found in listening to everyone's opinions. And certainly former United States Supreme Court Justice Scalia, I think, did it just for law school students. Those dissenting <laughs> opinions. <laughs> uh, so the concurring opinion in this case notes that as of April 12th, 2021, in the state of Ohio, a person who has been diagnosed with a, quote, serious mental illness, including bipolar disorder, is ineligible for the death sentence when the defendant timely raises the issue and proves by a preponderance of the evidence that the illness significantly impaired the person's capacity to exercise rational judgment with respect to either conforming to the law or appreciating the nature, consequences, or wrongfulness of the person's conduct. Except that he didn't commit any crimes at all until he went off the rails and committed this one. If he had a criminal history that demonstrated he couldn't conform, I, but he clearly could. He lead, leaded a law-abiding life until he went off the rails and murked a body. And I'm pretty sure he understood the wrongfulness of his conduct since he came prepared to hide out and be on the run well, uh, and uh, killed other people in order to hide what he had done. I think um, you're right that we're probably going to have to revisit this, but I hope to God that they see through that bullshit. So in this the, particular case, I, I agree. But I mean, I could see where that would be. Oh, yeah, it could good. Be legit I mean, you don't want to write a lot of cases. Sure. You, because you're not saying an acquittal. You're not you know, it's not a defense or anything. You're saying you just you just die in prison, but we're not going to <laughs> kill, not gonna you, kill you. Yeah, um, because you were mental, you know, popped off and had some diagnosed mental illness that interfered with your ability to yada, yada, yada. Boom, boom, boom. So, boom, 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 you know. So according to the concurring opinion, because Lawson was sentenced before the effective date of that new bill, he has one year after its effective date to seek a post-conviction remedy. Oh, clock's ticking. Right. Well, clock was would have talked. Yeah, it's April, um, say, April of 22. April. It was 12. I said this was. April 12th, 2021 was when that went into effect. So, so he year? would have had until April 12th, 2022 to file for a post-conviction remedy. Do we know um, if that's happened? Not that I've been able to find, mm. but I don't can't. know if that would necessarily be publicized. Yeah. Right. Um, so she said, notwithstanding our judgment today, the post-conviction statutes do leave a door open for Lawson. Um, mm. The dissenting opinion, um, which the majority opinion addresses mm. they troll um, them a little bit they they troll them a little bit right. they troll them a little bit i mean yeah tell me about these two right it was two they the dissenting opinion advocates <laughs> that whenever someone in a death sentence case uh does something that would seem to be against their interests they should be automatically evaluated for competency 
Uh, so it's going back to the competency. I mean, I'll yes. be honest. I, I think what they did was sufficient. Like, I, you know what I mean? Of looking to the doc that already done all these other evals. But I mean, and I know hindsight, but it is a, it is a death case. I mean, just get the damn competency eval. Right. Their, their big think is the big think. Their big thing is that competency is usually um, only evaluated when there's an indication that the defendant is is having problems understanding proceedings. Right. Like he's oh. saying weird things. He's he wants not to able accept to responsibility and plead guilty to what he did. Right. He's got to be crazy. For reasons that seem fairly thought out. Yes. Yes. Incidentally. I agree. Yes. Um, but the dissenting opinion is basically we rely on defense counsel to tell us whether someone has a mental illness that's impairing their judgment. And that's not valid or fair. Um, we should be relying on people who have expertise in mental illness to tell us whether someone is competent or not and not uh, their defense counsel to raise that. Who has a duty to represent right. them zealously. Oh, right. Okay. And right. Who has a duty to represent them zealously. So if they have any indication whatsoever, they would dude is not it. competent, they would request an evaluation. And they're going to be the person sitting down the most, I would think, more than any doctor at a scheduled. You know what I mean? You may schedule an eval, but this... This lawyer's meeting with you at the jail, meeting with you before hearings, talking to you about the case, asking you about everything about the case, your history. Like the lawyer's in a prime position to make those kind of. Calls. Well, in a, in a case like this, you're probably interacting with your client over the course of years. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So they go through a really long part of a dissenting opinion talking about how um, questioning competency at an instance, in, an instance of an adverse interest request. Um, should be a thing. And then they say in this next paragraph, I'm about to read you. This is how the paragraph starts. Mm -hmm. Perhaps not every decision a defendant in a capital case makes that is against his or her interest should trigger a competency evaluation. <laughs> what? But it would behoove, of course, to proceed thoughtfully and cautiously. Uh, so they're, it's sort of inconsistent within yeah. itself. Right. So, so it's like you should. A black should. letter rule. Right. Bright line. But, but I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be that. Off it a maybe maybe bit, not yeah, always. That's, we go and I'm going to dissent on that ground. Okay. That's good. Yeah, Good. they they argue for sort of a, a bright line rule, and then they say, well, maybe not every, yeah. which I didn't really understand because you certainly predicated your dissent on every. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But that that is the current status as I know it of uh the Lawson case, um. And he is set to die. On oh, does he have a death date? Yeah, that they automatically gave him an execution date. It is January, I want to say January 26th of 20, January of 2026. January okay. 6th of 2026. 26. Yeah. Hmm. He is sentenced to die by lethal injection on that date. Where do they do that in Ohio? Do you know? I do not know. Is it like one place you reckon or like to the prisons? I, I, I don't know. I would imagine it. I mean, if it works like West Virginia, there's probably one place they put all their. The super bad. The super bad folks where mm -hmm. they, especially folks that are going to have like a death row. Yeah. Um. But yeah, January 6, 2026, which I mean, that's less than four years away. Yeah. Be here before you know it. Um, My uh, stepdaughter found this really cool article about last meals requested by people who were executed. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. Like, I bet. Some of them just go buck wild and request all these stuff. Like, they can't possibly eat, eat those all things. That. It's the deal of like, as long as it takes you to eat that, that's, you got that long <laughs> before we kill you. Because they order lots of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just interesting. Interesting article. I bet it would be. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I think that stuff's interesting. And the, you know, I know there's been other write-ups and things on like the, uh, like 
what they say, you know, what they eat when like last words and all that kind of stuff. Right. Well, I mean, he, he's pretty much said everything he needs to say about the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, and just to be doubly clear, Stacy's family still adamantly denies there was any sort of sexual relationship sure, and sure. law enforcement was never able to confirm that there was, <clears throat> um, that was just the statement that the defendant had I mean, given. W- which to me, I mean, it would totally track that he became, he's around her all the time. He starts to fall for her. He becomes obsessed with her and either he made a move and she shut him down or this was his, he wasn't going to make a move. He was going to have a mask on and, you know, I, but. I, that yikes. is a, that is actually what uh, Mr. Brigham Anderson sort of offered. Oh. Is that his statement is that this affair happened and he was hurt. Um, I know we didn't find any evidence of that, so maybe he just tried to make a move on her and she rebuffed him, and that's what hurt his feelings. And that's what hurt his Either feelings. way, rejection seems to be our motive here. Mm-hmm. Again, Ray, not that we need a motive. Not that we need one. But it seems that uh, either way you look at it, rejection would be our motive here. Yeah. Sure sure seems that way. Uh, but how ridiculous is it that he says that he killed Devin and Tammy and Don to cover up the fact that he killed Stacy, when he killed Stacy that morning, the early all day passed. He yeah. could have slipped out at any moment. He could have not called the school to make sure Devin came to his house. Yeah, that whole thing is or, bogus. Yeah. AF too. Yeah. I mean, he could have dipped out mm-hmm. in so many. He places. could have even dropped that kid, the 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 tiny infant. If you don't want to leave the kid there in the trailer all day because you're so sweet on it, um, him or her, I forget the, the but. Take take the kid somewhere, drop oh, it off at the fire station or something. Incidentally, Todd's theory on yeah. that. Oh, I would love to know Todd's theory. Is that he probably only killed Devin because Devin was old enough to identify him and make mm. actual uh, statements that about him. Sure. sense. Sure. Braxton maybe could have said his name and knew who he was, but Braxton's not going to be like, he did this and that and this and that. Devin had the ability to do that. That was just a theory, though. He's, but Todd's that's my thing. said consistently, Devin, I don't know uh, why. I don't know why he did any of this. Devin doesn't have to even late. come to the trailer but for his actions. Right. So do you think Devin might have seen something the know. night I mean, before? Maybe he tried to make the move the night before and Devin saw it? I don't know. Or Devin knew about the window being left open? Devin had to know something. He made a concerted effort to bring that child onto scene Maybe and then kill that child. Maybe he had this thought that I'll, I i have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm not even going to try to speculate. Well, Cheryl, uh, you were right. The facts of this case are uh, mm, atrocious. Awful. Yes, awful. absolutely. And um, it's crazy to think. I mean, Ironton, Ohio is not far from our state at all. It's far from us, I guess. But um, that's just awful. And... Um, but it sounds like Mr. Brigham, Brigham Anderson, did himself a, a pretty good job and uh, got as best of justice you can try to get in those kind of circumstances. So I'm interested and I'm interested if anything else pops up about this. Um, I, you know, this is a this is a hot take. This is a relatively recent case, and uh, I don't think there's a whole lot out there uh, about this case. So. No, there's, I was not able to find much at all. And I would also mention, going back to the habeas for a second, mm-hmm. um, that he would have had to have filed that in April 2022. I We probably won't know that it's been filed until it's decided. And that can sometimes take mm-hmm. a year or more. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But I'll watch out for it. Yeah. 
ear to the ground, eyes open. Um, so thank you, Cheryl, for that. I know. And a thank lot you, of... Elijah, for the yeah. recommendation. Yeah. It was a terrible case to have to read about, but yeah. terrible and interesting. I mean, since we did require him to go back to school and make all of his friends listen to this podcast, you're welcome, Elijah. You're now famous. <laughs> so we'll see you at a football game, buddy. Um, all right. Gosh. Ooh, I want to go take a shower. So until next time, y'all stay out of trouble. My favorite that. part of it is he tells our boy Brigham Anderson oh, your that he's been doing a good job and tells him he voted for him. Oh. <laughs> so my man is like, if you put me down, you lost a you lost a vote. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, don't do it, player. Don't. <laughs>